and welcome to FiverrCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, aka Red Horrocks. And I'm Adam, aka Twisted Web123. So today we are wrapping up the year and it's just Adam and I. And we are um, we're getting our end of year stuff taken care of. We're getting ready for the new year, our new year's resolutions. And one of the things we decided to do today was to talk about a question that we get asked a lot from the community, which is how do you go ahead and make the leap to full-time? So Adam, tell me your story. So for me, going full-time was actually quite easy, a lot easier than I expected anyway. And I mean, because I originally signed up to Fiverr as kind of like doing micro jobs or small tasks in between the day, just to kind of give myself a little bit of extra money. But I actually found over and over time, it was almost like Fiverr chose for me to go full time by the amount of orders and the amount of work I was receiving. So the transition for me was actually quite simple because it was just a case of when I could kind of see the amount of orders that were coming in or the amount of requests that I had from messages and other kind of avenues from that, I just decided one day, you know, maybe I should actually take this a little bit more seriously and commit more time to it. So did you have a like a full-time job that you were leaving or did you have any previous career that you shifted from or did it all kind of like meld in together? Well, it was a bit of a mixture of the two because I've, I've always been kind of self-employed. Like whenever, from the day I started working, I always had a self-employed side business and I dabbled in kind of other industries. There was an industry I was in where I was basically a chef for roughly about two years. And what I actually found about working as a chef was it was a lot of hours, a lot of long days. And I kind of, I looked for a route away from that. And that's actually kind of where I stumbled across Fiverr, where Fiverr was the complete opposite of being a chef. Rather than spending all day creating something, I was spending short amount of times doing lots of little things. And it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. And I was, thankfully, I was able to kind of leave the chef position, take up my side business to be more full on and incorporate Fiverr into that as a full-time entity. So how about yourself, Red? How did you kind of, what's, what's the story behind you going full time? Well, initially when I started working on Fiverr, um, I'd been doing voiceovers for years and years and I kind of came across Fiverr accidentally looking for something else. And I was actually looking as a buyer. And then um, uh, I had a, a fairly substantial amount of credit card debt that I really needed to get rid of. So um, since I'd already been doing voiceovers, I started looking around, seeing that people were doing it. And I had my own studio already. So I decided to start trying to see whether or not it would go anywhere. And, and it did, it, it was slow at first. Um, it took me about, I think it was about 15 months to where I was really starting to make a, a genuinely sizable, sustainable income on it. Um, and I was doing this at the same time as working a full-time job. And I used to work in entertainment. Um, and I was working 50 to 60 hour weeks um, at my regular job. And with uh, no overtime payment because I was salary, which was so much fun. Um, and then uh, when Fiverr started really ramping up and I was able to make um, decent money, it made me stop and think, well, is there a chance that this could really be the main focus rather than the thing that I do until three in the morning when I get home from work? And, um, and eventually I decided that I really could, I could not sustain both because I was getting enough orders where I was so busy. Um, and instead of working 80 hour weeks, I decided I would much rather work a 30 hour week. So I prepped and prepped and prepped and eventually turned in my notice at my regular job and I gave them four months notice. Um, and wow. then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, I, and then I left and it was, uh, a very, very good choice. 
weirdly then actually we actually have quite similar kind of stories leading up to that where we both kind of had like side things that we were interested in or already kind of doing and full-time jobs that were covering a lot of hours and I, th- I think that's a lot of the, uh, the way that most people make a career shift is, is you've always got something kind of in the back of your head, like maybe I could do this or I like doing this. And I think that's one of the really good things about Fiverr is it offers so many broad opportunities for people to come in and do a different gig than what is their regular job. Because I don't know a lot of people that come into Fiverr and are just doing exactly what they were doing before on a different platform. A lot of the time I feel like it leads to a little more creative and out of the box thinking with what kind of thing you might have been stuck in before and almost I feel like a lot of people use it almost as an escape yeah almost kind of like the passion or the hobby Mm -hmm. so I think the thing that motivated me the most to go in full time was like you I was on a salary I was on a fixed income so even if my the thing that really motivated me was even if my wage was going to be up or down I liked the idea of having that flexible income where I knew that working for myself, if I did really well, or, you know, I had a very good job on or did extra hours, I would actually reap the benefits of that myself, as opposed to always being on that fixed income kind of every single week or every single month. Yeah, I like the idea that um, there is no limit. I don't like it. I, I generally, as a general rule, do not like it when I have uh, the ability to run into a wall and not go further. And that's kind of how it felt with my previous job. I'd kind of hit as high as I could go. And I'm I'm an ambitious person and it wasn't it wasn't enough for me. <laughs> so that's the good thing about Fiverr is they're real it's it really is a the sky's the limit situation. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like basically that the peak is where you define or you want it to be as opposed to being put upon you as that's as high as you can go. So when you did decide to kind of um really, really shift to doing Fiverr full time. Was there anything that you did kind of to prepare or did, I know you kind of like sidled into it, but was there anything specific that made it easier to jump to it? The biggest thing that I had before I decided going kind of full time with Fiverr at all, and I I was doing about part time for about a year. And the biggest thing that I had was basically making sure it was feasible. I didn't want to take that leap until I knew that it could actually be feasible for me. So the two biggest things that I worked on was optimizing my workflows and also factoring in or working out my general budget. So when I knew how much I cost myself to live and then how long it took me to get take or perform the gigs, I could put the two together and see it was feasible. So my biggest kind of piece of advice would be to look at those different elements, look at your budget, because a lot of people actually, they don't calculate their budgets. So it's break down your budget, you know, all the way down from everything you pay from, you know, food to maybe cable TV to going out, socializing to water bills to everything. And when you've got that number, you have that kind of idea of what you need to work towards to go full time. Yeah, one of the things that I did that was extremely helpful when I decided I was going to start to make this transition was um, I wanted to make sure that I had enough income to cover all of my bills from Fiverr alone. So what I actually did was I started living off my Fiverr income and putting my paycheck from my regular job into the bank. So that's how I built up enough savings to put a down payment on my house. Um, it was basically just by saying, okay, I know I'm working this job, but I'm going to pretend like I'm not working it and that money's going to go away. I didn't even look at it. It always went straight into my savings. And I was that's why I gave four months notice at my job because I wanted to spend those four months 
realistically living the lifestyle that I could live based on my Fiverr income and making sure that it wasn't going to have this drastic impact or negative effect so that I could, maybe if it didn't work, I could go back to them and say, you know how I said I was leaving? Well, it kind of didn't work and maybe I should stay, which they would never have done. It would have been terrible, but still. <laughs> I think that's a really great idea because it's almost like um, training to go full time. So if you turned around and said, well, you know, actually, it's not quite cutting it. You don't necessarily have to give up or say it was a bad idea. You just need to work on what you can do to make it cut it. But rather than, you know, maybe starting that after you left your previous job and putting a kind of, you know, a lot of stress or a lot of pressure on you to make sure you do well, you lead into it very nicely and you give yourself kind of the, the confidence, but also the room to kind of play around with that and see what works for you as opposed to being so under the thumb with the pressure. Yeah, and one of the good things about it too was that because over the four months that I was I was working through my notice, my I was obviously ramping up Fiverr as much as possible. But because my my company knew I was leaving, they were starting to pull me out of things, like things that would be happening in the future. So mm. it was very interesting because I was still working the same amount of hours at my regular job, but I wasn't as involved or as stressed. So it was kind of a really good balance where my mental focus on Fiverr could pick up as my mental focus on my old job could kind of decrease. And it, it, it worked really, really well. I was very happy I did it that way. What made you kind of like make that initial decision? Was it based on the revenues you were earning from Fiverr or from the potential you saw from the amount of activity, such as messages and orders you were receiving? Um, it was kind of a combination of both. I was making enough money that it was, um, it was making enough money where I knew I would probably be okay. But the biggest thing for me was the amount of time and also the amount of um, excitement because I was getting really, really excited about all of my Fiverr work. And I'd been in my previous job. I'd been in that industry for about about um, 10 years, but I'd been in that specific job for three and a half. And, um, and I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm flighty, but I do like change. Um, mm. So it was mostly the fact that I couldn't, I couldn't sustain the hours doing both and I was looking at the thing that I'd already kind of done and completed and been challenged by and the possibility of being challenged by this new thing and the ability to put f all of my time and energy into that and make it amazing was much more appealing than even though my, my old job came with benefits and stability, it, it just, like I said, it would have been, I'd hit the ceiling, I couldn't go further. And I just, I wanted to see what my real potential could be. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest questions that someone kind of asks themselves when they debate going full time is, will it actually kind of sustain me or will it cover me? Will I, will I be okay? And I think your idea of, you know, taking that time to kind of ramp up to it whilst maybe having your previous paycheck is a great way to test that. But in general as well, it's, you know, maybe if you look at if you don't work weekends or something similar, if you can put in, you know, a, a day on a Saturday and see if the more time you're putting it in, the more you know activity or the more orders that you're generating from that you can kind of get a lead in and a feel for it's the right thing to do yeah and it it did too one of the other problems that i had was that i was i was so so busy and i was extremely tired um and it was just an unsustainable thing and i think a lot of people when they're when they're making when they're getting to the point where they're spending so much time on their hobby or their side business that it's really impacting their lifestyle that's a, a good thing to be aware of and analyze and take a look at whether or not it is currently the right call to be in the situation you're in. 
So after we kind of took the leap full time for both of us, um, I think one of the biggest things that you have to kind of remember or to have with you is that you have to make that mental shift from working for others to now working for yourself. How, how is that something you handled? Um, that one was really, really hard for me because, um, I'm a very, I'm very goal oriented. I, and the, the benefit of Fiverr, um, I love deadlines. I absolutely love deadlines. I love having them. And that's one of the good things about Fiverr is I'm always working to a deadline. Um, but it was one of those things, the first, I think the first few weeks I did, um, I kind of played a lot of hooky because I was really excited about the fact that I didn't have to answer to anyone. Um, and stuff like that. So it was, it was mostly about, yes, I no longer had a boss because I was working for myself. But what I, in my mind, see is I see all of my clients as my, almost as my employers. So those are the people, each time someone places an order for like a small portion of time, that person's my boss. And I still have to maintain the same standard of work as though I am, you know, as though I was still in a corporate situation to a degree. So, so you have like a duty of care for them. Exactly, exactly. And um, and I think that's really important to understand. Like, yes, you are becoming your own boss. Yes, you don't necessarily have to answer to anyone, but you do still have to answer to your clients. And I think you've got to, even though you might not want to, you've got to transfer a little bit of that over. Yeah, I think you touched upon it slightly there about the, the playing hooky. And I think that the discipline and, and the time management, as you said, with the deadlines is a very very key part of that and i mean that's something i kind of learned retrospectively where i wasn't so much going late or you know going over my deadlines but i would often kind of be like well you know that can maybe wait till tomorrow maybe i can go out with some friends tonight or you know that can wait till the next day etc and i kind of learned quickly that actually being my own boss it also means that the buck falls on me so taking you know that extra kind of hooky or leeway that you may not do with a normal job no longer does it fall back on your boss. It now comes back to you. So it's actually much better in the long run and easier for yourself if you stay quite disciplined and you stay quite strict with your time management because then you are going to reap the benefits later on as opposed to if you did the flip of that, you're the one who's then going to you know, have issues. Yeah, I think it's a really important thing to remember that a lot of people come from working in more of a team environment and, and when you have to be the one that's catching everything that's falling – you have to make sure that you're um, you're able to handle that and that you understand that that is your responsibility because that's a that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think it, I think it comes with you know being your own boss comes with two different sides to it. It comes with the fun, not necessarily you have to you know answer to anyone apart from yourself, and as we touched upon, make sure you're hitting your clients, etc. Gives you a lot more freedom, a lot more of your scheduling and everything like this. But then it comes with the other side as well that you need to also play true to which is things such as the discipline maybe managing your time a little bit and i think finding those balance overall gives you a massively improved lifestyle because you reap all the positive benefits for just a little bit of kind of like the, the more strictness with yourself so do you have any things that like have really really helped you handle your time management uh, the way that I try to improve my time management and just my working lifestyle in general is to try and automate things or autonomize things so it's things as simple as in my inbox, I have a filter on it that every time an email comes through from Fiverr, it goes into one main inbox and then that's filtered down depending on what email they sent through. So if it's a new order, it goes into the new orders inbox. If it's modifications, modifications, message, messages, etc. And now I try to automate all of that kind of process so I can keep on top of it 
and cut out all the kind of small little tasks that have a habit of adding up. Because as you say, you want to spend your time doing your business as opposed to necessarily doing all the administration and then doing all the smaller work that usually someone else in the company would do. So for me, it's about automating as much as possible. So I download a few apps on my phone that I also use. Maybe I set up a daily to-do list um, outside of Fiverr as well, just to make sure that, you know, if I'm ahead of schedule, I may have orders due in three or four days, but I set up my own, you know, working goal in the morning saying, this is the one I'm going to do, this one, this one, this one, this one. And then it's just for me all about making that as automated as possible to allow me to concentrate on doing the actual work. Yeah, I think I have a little bit of a different approach because what I choose to do is I separate my admin work and my studio time. And I always do my admin, my admin work first thing in the morning. And then I have kind of set studio hours for myself. So I, I go in usually roughly the same time and I try and make sure that I stop working by usually these days by 5 p.m. Um, so if I have, I work, I work until I'm either out of time or I'm out of orders. Um, and that's, that's been really, um, really helpful for me. And it was something that I didn't expect because when I, when I initially stopped working my regular job, I was like, I'm going to do like four hours here and then have lunch with my friend and then go do this and go do that. And I actually found after a period of time that I wasn't nearly as productive as I was when I had a set schedule. And I didn't expect it, but it really did happen. And now, now that I'm, I have this level of discipline with my schedule, I might actually turn down. Like I may have a friend who's like, Hey, it's, you know, three o'clock on a Wednesday. Do you want to go, go for an early dinner or a late lunch or something? And I'm like, well, I can, but I'm going to have to go after five. And, and it's interesting. I didn't expect that, but it's been helpful. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because when you're working from home, you've got to remember you are working in your home. So it's really important to kind of differentiate the home and the the work part of it otherwise you could find yourself just not productive like you said I've certainly been in that situation before where I think to myself right I've got the whole day like literally the whole day and you think well actually realistically you don't and you kind of you're just not as productive by not having those kind of set rules or those set kind of hours that you're trying to work to so do you have like um like separate a separate space in your house where you do all of your work yeah, I have a, an office in my in my house. I have a w- really weird thing that I do that I think is really interesting. I do my admin work at the kitchen table all the time, but I uh, but obviously I only do my recording in studio and I do my editing like in my studio space. Um, mm. But I found this is really strange. But I found that like with my admin work, I'm more productive sitting at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee than if I was like sitting in my studio doing it. I don't know why. I think it's because I, I feel like cooped up otherwise. It makes sense because you've kind of like segmented the different sections. So actually when you're inside the studio, that's not the most or, you know, the best place to work because that place is best for doing your voiceovers, not your ad- administration. Yeah. And it's, it's something, there's something nice though, too, about being able to like sit in the freedom of my home and work whilst not, I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange. Like it's, it's nice. It works for me. I don't know why. So we talked about, um, the kind of like the literal working aspects and how we kind of cover that. But the other aspect you have, and we've talked about, you know, the buck falling to you is all the other elements that come with running your own business. And I imagine that is quite a stressful thing or looking at it from the outside, you kind of think to yourself, how do you handle this? I want to sort of talk about all the other kind of things that come to your business. I'm talking about as your own kind of business owner, you'll then have to start handling taxes. You know, you have to maybe look at the different insurances that you require and you have to maybe look at 
different elements as well. How is that something that you handle? Um, one of the best things that I did when I went full time was I actually did go and speak with an accountant um, because I wanted to make sure that I was handling my taxes appropriately. And I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't neglecting anything like retirement planning or savings. So I, I have, um, I was really, really lucky that I have a really good accountant that works with a lot of freelancers who I could sit down with. And he helped me figure out, you know, um, putting by my estimated taxes and all of that good stuff. So I'm extremely financially disciplined, especially with my taxes. And whenever I pull money out of Fiverr, the first thing, the first thing that happens is my tax portion goes away. Um, and I do not, I do not touch it. And then if I have any leftover at the end bonus, but, um, as a general rule, there isn't consulting with an expert was a really, really good call for me. I think it's also worth note, uh, noting as well. I'm not sure obviously if it works everywhere the same, but in the UK, especially most of the time, people like, um, lawyers and accountants will often have your first consultation for free. So you go in for maybe an hour at a time and they'll speak to you and, you know, just run you through to see if they can gain you as a client. And if that's something that's available in your area, I would highly recommend doing that if it's just a case of sitting down for an hour and kind of mapping out what's in your head so you can have that those kind of questions or, you know, worries answered for you to help put you on the right track. Yeah, because honestly, like things like taxes, it's it's a source, a source of stress for so many people. And when you're handling it yourself, it can be really easy to worry that you're going to do it wrong. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to, I have an accountant handle my taxes every year because... It's not my forte. I'm not a good math person. I know that um, they're going to think of things that I haven't thought of. And that's why I choose to do that. But there's so many great tools for that. Even like TurboTax has, um, operative for Americans, TurboTax has opportunities for, for freelancers and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's doing, doing the research in that. And then the same with my, um, uh, I have to purchase health insurance. Um, I also did a lot of research in that to try and find exactly like what I could sustain as far as monthly payments go and also what I could handle in the event that something happened. So it's worth taking the time to do your research. And I would, and I would also recommend doing that early. So you want to do that like a couple of, if you are looking at going full time, you want to do that at least a couple of months beforehand, because you have to factor that in. Like it's one thing to say, okay, I can work on this income. It's another thing to say, okay, I can work on this income but then there's going to be 20% less because taxes are gone. You just have to make sure that you're getting your numbers correct. Did you have to do anything for uh, for your taxes or for your insurance? Uh, in the UK, for me, taxes are quite simple. So the thing that I did was I, I, um, I sat down with an accountant. I took up my first three hours consultation. Uh, you know, if it was there, I was going to take it. And uh, what I do now is I personally do my own taxes, but I have that same accountant kind of on standby as a retainer for any questions or any queries because what I actually found really helpful with Fiverr especially is with the new CSV export tool um, all I have to do in the UK is pretty much export all of my revenues and then keep a to hand my um, my expenditures throughout the year and then just put the two together but the one thing that I I do that's probably in regards to insurance is actually all revolved around my credit card. Now, being self-employed, the issue you can have a lot of the times is if you lose that payment, you know, if something stops you from being able to work, it can be very, very stressful. So from what I understand, for me, there's about there's two different options available. One is to pay a monthly insurance to cover me if I ever fall ill or I can't work. The other is on my credit card by default, I have a um, protection insurance that comes with m most major credit cards. 
And what that means is if anything were to happen to me, such as I can't work or I'm off work for up to three months ill, that anything on my credit card is covered. So what I often do is whenever I look to pay anything outside of bills, so any kind of purchases or anything for the business or anything else in general, I always put it on my credit card because the credit card comes with the protection that if anything goes wrong, I can have a charge back. But it also already has the insurance built in where if I become ill or I can't work, I actually don't have to pay that for up to, I think it's six months. So my form of insurance is using the kind of things already available to me to make sure that I'm maximizing that as opposed to, you know, having 20 different insurances to cover 20 different things. Cause there's so many that you can often fall into the spot of, you know, you kind of buy every insurance going, not really realizing that it's all kind of tied in. So, I mean, my bank account has life insurance on it. It has travel insurance on it. Um, and it has car insurance on it. Now, if I didn't research into that beforehand, I would have a bank account and I'd also be paying for three separate insurances on top of that. But instead, I've got a, a premium bank account at a very low rate and it covers all of them. So for me, the tip is to really kind of shop around and look what you can combine together to make sure that you aren't overextending yourself. That is a really, really good call. And I had no idea that that was an opportunity for credit cards. So guess what I'm going to be doing after we're done recording this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a pretty good overview of kind of like how we did it. What would we tell other people? Like, give me um, give me like one thing that if you could tell someone who's about to do what, what we've already done, like what would be a good way to succeed? For me, the, the most important thing to keep you motivated and make sure you can succeed is to set achievable goals. For example, say you're starting a new business. If you said this year, I'm going to earn $1 million, that is not an achievable goal. You probably or you're quite unlikely to hit that. You may hit it, but you're quite unlikely to hit that. You're going to demotivate yourself and it's not really going to be possible. However, if you look at the current kind of orders you process and say you process let's say 10 a week, and you say my achievable goal is within three months time, I want to be processing 18 a week. Now that kind of thing is achievable. So for me, the importance is set achievable goals, because the more you hit them, the more motivated you're going to become, and the more likely you are to succeed. I know many people who set to-do lists, and the first thing on their to-do list is write a to-do list. So instantly off the bat, they've achieved a goal. That's a really good idea because it just gives you like a sense of um, a sense of progression and a sense of motivation. Exactly. Otherwise, if you've got this really big goal that you're working up to, even if it was a year long goal, it's going to be a year until you actually hit any kind of fruition with that. So by all means, have a year long goal, but also break it down into achievable goals that you can hit regularly. I think for me, one of the um, one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give anyone is to um, be be aware that working for yourself can at times be slightly isolating. So it's really important to find ways to interact with the world in general. Um, I have a, a small um, a small and bad habit of not knowing what day it is. Um, so I often have to ask people, and it's quite quite entertaining because they look at me like I'm a crazy person. Um, but it's things like um, finding other freelancers or finding other people who are like minded or who might do what you do. And making sure that you do keep up with some kind of external human interaction, because otherwise you can get so bogged down in what you're doing and so so focused. And at the end of the day, I think there is a level of unhealthiness with that. And a gr another great way to do that too is is it to engage with other sellers and other people on Fiverr who 
might do what you do either in person or online, maybe go into the forum, hang out in there a little bit and um, just make sure you're continuing that. Um, it's really, really easy when you don't have coworkers to uh, not go out or not do things as much. So I think making sure that you're keeping in touch with your friends and occasionally like the odd dinner or maybe going out bowling or something like that. It can really help help your frame of mind. And you might like sit there and think, well, I don't really feel like going out today or, you know, I've got so much to do. But it's one of those things you, you might whine until you get there. But a lot of the times you get there and you're so glad you went. Yeah, I have to say, as a, as a 10 year veteran of self-employed, I even break it down sometimes to rather than, you know, ordering shopping online, I might pop into the town and just go buy some milk. Now that sound that may sound really, really, really stupid, but the fact is, when you do work at home, if you, for example, got a really developed pro uh, project, and you know you're working at home, you're working on the project, you see your family, you go back to work, there can actually be a time where you know it could be a day or two, and you haven't actually really gone out and spoken or talked to anyone, and it's quite easy to do. So for me, it's important to really have that social angle, even if it is as simple as you know replacing ordering your food online to go into the local shop and buying parts of it. And like I said, that, that probably does sound really quite silly, but if you don't do that kind of thing, it's very easy to fall into a habit. Because if you say, right, I'm going to go bowling tonight, and then one of your friends cancels, you could actually find, I haven't been out yet. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we're getting to kind of like day two. So I try and just set little things, just like I may say to myself, right, I'm going to go try this restaurant tomorrow. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go there and I'll try that and I'll, I'll go out as opposed to just say, I'm going to work. Because so I think it's very important to find that kind of middle ground. Otherwise, you can kind of recluse a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy too for, for us freelancers because, because we are so focused on what we do. It's really easy for us to kind of lose track of time. Yeah, I, uh, I actually um, read a study about freelancers and the study actually says that freelancers by habit become more focused when it comes to night because it's the best time of the day where all the other distractions around you have disappeared. So, you know, there's nothing normally good on television, not everyone goes out, etc. So they a lot of freelancers will, and I do this, will actually focus mainly on their work when it comes to the night period. And although you often get a lot done, it's also can be quite detrimental because you may work, you know, two or three hours later than normal and then impact your next day because of that. And then you get into kind of like a vicious cycle where you've woken up late, you you know, so you won't go and do this instead, so you'll get back to work, etc. So I think it's very important to find the time to switch off because you can always, when you're um, a freelancer, especially on a marketplace like Fiverr, there's always work available. As long as you keep seeking it or you're answering messages or you're putting yourself out there in any capacity, even doing those things is work. So it's important that as you do with your studio, where you kind of have that cutoff point, you find the time to switch off. Otherwise, you can kind of find yourself maybe going too far into it and actually, you know, even get to the extent of not even doing your best work because you know that there's so much work available that you just want to do it. So you need to kind of take that it's focus. And I think Tom mentioned it actually in uh, episode one of the podcast. Yeah, I think he did. It's um, But yeah, it's definitely the case of for me, it would be so easy for me just to keep going. And it would be so easy for me to be answering messages on my phone. And it, one of the things that I found this was, um, this was one of the reasons why I shifted my schedule was I was working right up until bedtime. 
And then I would be trying to go to sleep, but I would still have in my, I was still in work mode in my head and I would have all of this little list of things that were running off, off for the morrow in my brain and I wouldn't sleep and I was sleeping terribly. And I found that if I, if I really just put everything down and walk away and make sure that I am looking at the things that can wait till tomorrow, tomorrow, it's a lot more, it was a lot more healthy and I actually was able to unwind and, and sleep better and then get up a little earlier and be more productive in the morning because it's so like you, when you have things waiting you have things in your to-do list for me I, I I really enjoy my work so it's very very hard for me to walk away from an unfinished project and it's, it's kind of a learned skill you have to have to um you know you have to make sure that you do that as opposed to with a nine-to-five job when you have to leave because work's over yeah I mean I I actually fall into that quite a lot even now and it's something that will probably be my New Year's resolution or something towards that effect, where you you see that work upcoming, you see it in the to-do list, and there is it's very easy to just say, oh, well, you know, just one more gig or just one mm-hmm. more client. And it's very important to cut that off because the fact is, as it gets later or as you become less focused, but also you want to do the work, you can maybe slow down and it may take you, you know, let's say an hour to do three clients Whereas peak 8 a.m., fresh at work, good night's sleep, you could probably do twice, if not more than that, in an hour, absolutely no problem. So it's just important to remember that just because the work is there doesn't mean that you should put yourself out to do it outside of your normal office hours, as long as you're on time, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, you also won't be as productive if you overextend yourself in that way. I think the last thing to remember when you're setting up your own business or you're going full time is to have fun with it. Right now, when you're doing this, you are building your own business, your own enterprise, if you like. You're in control of exactly what you do, and there isn't a better job in the world than the one that you can create for yourself. So I think that's the key thing to remember when taking that leap or taking that journey to a successful business and your new full-time job. And I completely agree. So that's about all we have time for today. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Our jingle was made by Ryan, Custom Drum Loops. We were edited today by Dancha. We're going to take a little break for the holiday, play you a couple of reruns of some amazing previous episodes, and we will be back with you in the new year. So thanks, and we'll see you later. Fire.